He was famous for preaching about the impending apocalypse and those who would find themselves in the fiery pits of hell. He called anyone who didn't agree with him a fornicator and a Jezebel. He pounded his leather-clad Bible and yelled, screamed at anyone who dared question his beliefs. And he was only 10 years old. This is the true crime story of the child preacher Duffy Strode and where he is now. Hi friends, I'm Katie, and this is Katie Does Crime. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you have a friend who loves true crime, I'd love it if you'd share one of my videos with them. I hope you won't mind, but today's case isn't the usual murder or missing person, but more of a controversy that I came across one day and I just couldn't resist. We all know those fire and brimstone preachers who love to tell us that the end of the world is coming and we'll all be damned to hell if we don't change our ways. But in 1988, one of these guys rose to national fame, and he wasn't even old enough to grow facial hair. It all started when Ryan Duffy Strode, known as Duffy, was five years old, and his father let him know that he was going to quote-unquote bust hell wide open with all of his sinning. His five-year-old sinning. Duffy said he didn't want to go to hell, so his dad introduced him to Jesus. Cut to five years later, and Duffy was being suspended from school for the fourth time for defying officials there. The first time, he'd gotten into a fight with three of his classmates and refused to be paddled for it. Ah, the 80s, when kids could be physically punished at school, am I right? The other three times, he'd been kicked out for refusing to stop preaching and just go inside. It's good to see you again. When the teachers would ask him to, you know, not call the other school children fornicators and adulterers, he would say, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You're guilty. Even your eyes are filled with adultery. Men can't keep their eyes off women, and women can't keep their eyes off men. Adulterers should be put to death, and their blood shall be upon them. And like, yes, it would have been a little entertaining to yell this at my high school science teacher who flirted way too much with underage boys, but Duffy was completely serious. The Washington Post said he would bend at the waist while preaching, his face contorted as though a fire-fisted demon was braiding his intestines. Good writing. According to one local parent, he would tell kindergartners that their dead daddies weren't going to be raised from the dead like Jesus. He didn't mind that he kept getting suspended from school. The principal said he would holler at the teachers that the jaws of hell were going to open up and devour them. I'd rather get gold and silver up in heaven, Duffy said, than an education down here. Ryan Duffy Strode was born May 25, 1977, and his family moved to Marion, North Carolina from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania when he was very young. Even as a child, he recognized that maybe his family wasn't exactly liked because he told reporters he thought someone had once purposely shot their dog with a BB gun and someone had once called the dog catcher on them. The town where they lived started a petition asking his family to be quiet or leave town. It said that as a child, his younger brother was his only friend. But it was his dad, David Strode, who gave him his style. David was a street preacher himself, the kind who said that the more people who rejected his teachings, the more he knew he was doing right. He said he expected to offend 90 to 95% of folks. 
He grew up in an abusive home where he says his father once hit his mother between the eyes with the butt of a rifle. So he took to drinking at an early age and got his wife pregnant when she was 16 and he was 27. He kept drinking. He cheated on his wife. He didn't care about his kid. But then he saw a TV evangelist who changed his life. Jack Van Impey was one of those guys with big, perfect hair and a hatred for anything kids these days liked. Real Christians would never listen to rock music and all of its vulgarities, he said. How dare a sitcom find humor in a girl walking in on her dad with a woman, he said. And don't even get him started on people living together before marriage. Here's a little snippet of one of his shows from 1989. Premarital sex, one-night stands, adulterous situations, homosexual acts. He says, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Exactly what Ephesians 4.19 is talking about. And you know why this is? We're being brainwashed. We see it. We want what's out there. And it's because of what we see on that screen that we're having all of the immorality among preachers, among televangelists, wherever it's found. It's through the brainwashing effects of TV. And, and this is what spoke to Duffy Strode's dad, David, who immediately went out and bought a King James Bible and read it four or five hours a day. And when he wasn't doing that, he was listening to tapes of it in the car. His wife was pleased at first, but he became so obsessed with the Bible that he was ignoring his family just as much as he had in his drinking and cheating days. The day that he turned their living room into a makeshift church with pews and a pulpit was the final straw for her, and she left David for 15 months. David had nothing to lose then and started preaching about hell in the streets of their town, where he found that what he loved most was when people would get angry at him. He had opinions about black and gay people and thought women shouldn't be allowed to wear pants. And you know what it means when women have short hair. The townspeople called him names. They threatened to beat him up. And it only made him feel more powerful. He was arrested four times and eventually sentenced to six months in jail for disturbing the peace. But the charges were then dropped and his wife returned home. Things were looking up for David Strode. And that's when he was introduced to the hellfire preachings of Danny Castle from a Baptist church in Marion, North Carolina. David Strode felt he was being called there. Did you know the goal of most preachers nowadays is to make people leave church feeling good about themselves? Do you understand that you don't always leave church feeling good about yourself? You ought to walk out of here sometimes saying, Lord, have mercy, God, have mercy on me. Uh, help me to do. You ought to. We all need to. Once they arrived in their new home, it only took a few months for Duffy to be national news, and international too, with TV appearances on European and Australian news programs. When he got back to school that fall, the reporters and the cameras were waiting for him, much to the chagrin of the locals. But it's not like the North Carolina town they lived in wasn't just as devoutly religious as they were. It was the type of town where the principal of the school said he would travel to Charlotte if he wanted to get into something really kinky. Yes, a grown man called Charlotte, North Carolina, kinky. They just didn't like that you couldn't even talk to David Strode without him bringing up some Bible verse. Luckily, the football coach said, David assured him that God does approve of football. School officials said the preaching began when Duffy wouldn't take his paddling that day he got into the fight and was suspended. He came back to school the next day, but this time to preach out front. His parents ended up homeschooling him once Duffy got into trouble with officials time and time again, and the principal said he was really just sad to see a 10-year-old not being able to interact with other kids and being taught only this angry version of God. That's what really bothered the townspeople and even the people on the talk shows that interviewed Duffy. 
The idea that he was being controlled by his dad. The idea that he didn't even know what he was saying. People want to know what that means that you just said. In your own word, tell us what does that mean? It means just what it says. My favorite thing there is watching the audience react. It's a mixture of disbelief, awe, and pure enjoyment. Years later, when the circus died down, a CNN story showed 14-year-old Duffy still out yelling on the street, this time beside his dad and younger siblings. He held his Bible up to the side of his face, apparently to act as a megaphone. Or, you know, maybe shield from any eggs that happen to fly his way. Promiscuity, homosexuality, the school system, and cigarette smoking. When he was 20 years old, he started listening to rock music, left home, and supported himself as a manager at a Wendy's fast food restaurant. He was dating a young woman from a local megachurch that once nicely asked the Strodes to leave, so Duffy's dad wouldn't have contact with him for over 10 months after this traitorous behavior. When Duffy and his girlfriend married in 1997, it's reported that none of his family showed up to the wedding. Both of Duffy's siblings went on to become boxers. His brother, Matthew, appears to have been known as Mayhem and fought 33 times between 2003 and 2019. His sister, Pepper, seems to have competed in the semifinals of the Women's National Championship in 1999 and still posts Christian memes to her Facebook feed. People online really worried that Duffy would be this screwed-up adult after this sort of negative fame, and I really don't want to invade Duffy's privacy because he was a kid thrust into the limelight at 10 years old without any say, but I'll share just a couple of photos of him as an adult. He looks to be a happy guy with a steady job, a lovely wife, two grown kids, and a love of fishing and weightlifting. He also loves the Dallas Cowboys and their cheerleaders. On his Instagram pictures, people question things like how Christian it is for him to wear an Iron Maiden shirt to lift in, but I guess maybe they haven't forgotten the judgment and the criticism he once bestowed onto others, even if he was just a kid at the time. I saw a post on a message board where someone claiming to be Duffy replied to a post about himself back in 2012. It's really hard to say if it's him, but the information provided does at least match up with what I was able to find about him currently. In it, the person says that he's as close with his father as any son could be, and that his father is the greatest man he knows. He says that he lives a happy life, that he doesn't have any regrets about his screaming preacher days, and that he was never forced to do anything. And I get what he's saying. And I wouldn't want to call him a liar, but I also might argue that when you're taught something from such a young age, when you learn to do a thing from your dad and probably want to make him proud, there might be a fine line between what you want to do and what you do out of habit or expectation. You have to have empathy for the people in their town who are angry at being called Jezebels by the family for wearing makeup. And I totally understand those who countered back that the Bible teaches us not to judge. Well, there's only one thing I've got to say, and my kids stayed at Robin's house. She told my nine-year-old daughter, because she wore makeup, that she looked like a whore. She knows she did, and I don't approve of it. She told my little girl, because she wore pants, she was going to die and go to hell. And I don't approve of that either, and I don't uphold what they're doing. Yes, I did babysit her girl. 
And according to the scripture, her daughter is a whore according to the scripture. CNN called the Strodes an eccentric family, but from the outside, it looks like a bit more than eccentricity. It looks like it could be brainwashing or even emotional abuse. Either way, I'm glad Duffy is happy with his life now, and I hope he allows his wife to wear makeup without calling her a whore. What do you think? Is this a form of child abuse, or was this just a family with a lot of love for the Lord? Thank you for tuning into my podcast episode. I'm just a true crime fan like you are, and I really appreciate you taking a chance on me. Please subscribe and tell a friend if you like spending this time together. You can also find me on YouTube in the flesh by searching Katie Does Crime.